You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to the Tracks Plus Deep Dig here on a Friday. The Bulldogs on the road in Lexington this weekend to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Stayed on a three-game winning streak. Kentucky has dropped back-to-back games. Charlie Winfield out in the wild. He's out on the road. And so, Charlie, how you doing, man? Man, my day job gets in the way of the life I'd like to live some weeks. And it's not often, but this week, the day job has has arrived with force and effect, force and fury. What are all the things you might say arrived with bad intentions? This week, a rose arrived, whatever you want to say, with bad intentions in my life. Well, I'll tell you what. Usually you have the wheel when we uh, do this Tracks Plus Deep Dig, so I will turn the wheel over to you because you're normally the leader in this show. Well, and, and don't get comfortable over in the driver's seat. You know, it's just a one-time thing. But here's here's what I was looking at. I, I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, look, man, I feel good about this game. Kentucky's always overrated. And that's true, at least for a time every year. They're, they're that dependable seven-win team that now and then will win a little more. But everybody just kind of thinks they're going to be better. And I know we talked about maybe a little excess confidence going into last week. This is a, another deal, though, where – I hope we aren't going to overlook this. And and here's why I say this. Last week, people say, well, if you look at the passing production, their numbers were fine. It wasn't that Levis wasn't there. Oh, it was. It was. And you got to dig a little deeper into the numbers. Of course, that's what we do here on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Here's what you find out. Last week, without Will Levis on first down, how many times do you and I talk about the key is first down offense? All the time. That was one one of our numbers last week, I think, wasn't it? It was. First down passing last week for Kentucky. They dropped back 11 times. They were sacked four. Mm. Of the seven times that they were not sacked, they completed one pass for a negative nine yards and had an interception. Oh, and the four sacks went for 43 lost yards on first down plays. I don't really care that you complete a pass for 15 yards on third and 32, you got to dig into those numbers and see where they're going. So, again, putting it in perspective, what did Will Levis being gone mean? First down passing last week, one of seven for a negative nine yards, one interception, four sacks. The other thing that you see is they gave up trying to throw the ball on first down in the middle quarters. They tried it. It didn't work. Then they just completely got away from it, became one-dimensional. Later, they had to throw it. Here's what Levis has done on first down this year. 32 of 50, nearly 500 yards, hasn't thrown an interception. And he's been sacked four times on first down all year. The other guy did it in one game. So the point of it being, this is a different deal. And you say, well, but they lost Ole Miss. Yeah, there's a whole lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda. The other part about that is, you get those video replays at home. Was that targeting? Mm, Maybe it goes a different way. Was it motion at home? Mm, maybe it goes a different way. There's a difference in playing at home and on the road. 
Kentucky, I thought that if they play that game against Ole Miss at home, it's a different game. They got us at home. This is not a cakewalk at all in Lexington. Well, Charlie, I'm glad that you stole the thunder right there because I was about to say about how I really – it's not a situation that I don't feel good about this game. It's a situation of I think Kentucky can give you a lot of problems. Here's my thing. It's not about the numbers with Will Rogers last with Will Levis last week. To me it was about the emotion. You know, the people I talked to in Lexington said on Thursday they thought it was fifty fifty. A lot of people thought that he was gonna gut it out or could gut it out and play and you hate to say that word gut it out, but they thought he could play last Thursday and then they, they told the team on Friday, hey, we're going to go with a backup, and it was almost like a deflating moment. And then you had the situation where you try to run a reverse on the first offensive play. You fumble the ball. South Carolina goes down and scores, and then all of a sudden it just took the, the air out of the room, not, on, not just on the offensive side but on the defensive side as well. That game was tied at seven. This is what worries me about this week is what happened last week is because South Carolina – there was a 7-7 game at the half, and then the Kentucky defense the second half just didn't play well at all. And here's what we say about you know this whole program under Stoops is that he's turned it into a blue-collar program, and they did not play blue-collar at all last week, especially on the defensive side. I can guarantee you he is going to have them ready to play this week because they were not ready to play last week because their quarterback didn't play. And he's going to play this week, barring oh yes, barring some miracle. And so we're going to we're going to get a team. Here's the other thing: you said this last week. Sometimes a team backed into the corner is a dangerous team. Arkansas was backed into a corner. They just weren't very good, and they didn't have a quarterback. Um, I am not as enamored by Will Levis as some other people, but he's upper half. I mean, he's you know he's an upper middle kind of quarterback in the league. I don't think he's a first round first guy pick except for the fact that NFL guys fall in love with the, you know, with the look sometimes. But I, I think Levis, is, it's a going to be a much different deal with the opposing quarterback this week than last week. No, oh, I agree. And here's the thing about Levis, too. What are guys enamored with with the NFL? Why do NFL scouts say, hey, this guy could be the first quarterback pick? Is he's got arm strength. And sometimes he can throw that ball 15 to 20 yards down the field on a line. It's, it's about what he can do. The thing that sometimes he has trouble doing, and we saw it some last year, is he'll throw that 98-mile-an-hour fastball on a five-yard slant. And then all of a sudden the ball is batted up in the air and it's going the other way. We had a we had a batted-up ball last year. It was intercepted. We had three interceptions in that game last year against Kentucky. So, anyway, you want me to go with my numbers? Yeah, have at it. All right. My first one, am I going low to high or high to low? I can't remember. Each week I go to something different. Well, last year you were always high to low. This year you bounced back and forth. The only game we lost, you went low to high. Okay, I'll go high to low. And my first number is 50, and that's the percent of our third downs that we need to be third down and four or less. And the reason I say that is last year's game, we kept the football. We had the ball for 25 minutes of the second half of our game against Kentucky, and we were six for six in third down and four or less. And so I, I just think this is going to be one of those games where you cannot be behind the change. You can't be third down seven, third down eight, third down 12. If you're third down and four or less, I think we have success. I'm saying 50% of our third downs need to be third down and four or less. I think that's actually a really 
interesting point. So what does that go back to also? It kind of goes back to the idea that we need to play well on first down. You know, what gave Kentucky trouble last week? They didn't play well on first down. That's something that we've got to be able to do. Now, you look at South Carolina a week ago on third down, 6 of 14. So they weren't great. But again, they weren't trying to beat the Kentucky team that we're trying to beat tomorrow. I think I think third down is going to be a big issue. And my second number is 30, and that's the number of rushes I think we're going to have to have in this ballgame. Last week we had 38 against Arkansas. We had 35 last year against Kentucky. Now, one of the reasons we had 35 against Kentucky is we had a lead. One of the reasons we had 38 last week is we have a lead. I think we got to come out early on. And I think the number of rushes is going to tell you a lot about this ball game. If we can keep the ball on the ground, it goes back to that third down and four or less. And what did we do last week? We ran the ball extremely well on first down. It gave you a chance to throw the ball down the field. I think we need to run the football 30 times in a game. Now, like I said, I think a lot of that is going to be dictated by how well you play in the first half of the game and whether you're ahead or whether you're tied because you're not going to be running the football just a whole ton if you're down by 14 points. All right, what's your third number? All right, my third number is six. And how I came up with a number six, we need six pressures on the quarterback, Will Levis. And I'm saying he's going to play. I'm guessing he's going to play. We need six pressures on Will Levis when we are not blitzing. Here's what's crazy about Kentucky. Man, they have given up some sacks. They have given up some pressures. Will Levis didn't play last week. They gave up six sacks in that game. Some of those went on the quarterback, but the offensive line for Kentucky has not been very good this year. They went to the transfer portal. They had, thought they had a really good tackle coming in, and then their offensive line coach left and went to Alabama. That recruit followed, and it's amazing how they just haven't been able to put the pieces together on that offensive line. They lost two really good guys in the draft last year, and so that's been the big key for them. But this year – Will Levis has been pressured 43% of the time when he has dropped back and not been blitzed. So here's here's how I came up with my number, Charlie. I'm saying they're going to throw the ball, say, 27 times. That means we're going to blitz 12 times. They've been blitzed 45% of the time. Teams have seen they can get to the quarterback, and they have blitzed Kentucky and Will Levis 45% of the time. So that leaves 15 times that you're not going to blitz. And I say we need six pressures out of those 15 times, which is 40%, which is actually lower than what they've been giving up. Do you remember, uh, you probably saw the movie Miracle. Yes. And the coach, Herb Brooks, of that team, who was an interesting character study himself, he had a great quote that I loved. And he always, they called him Brooksisms. He always had something to say. But one day he told the team, we're getting worse every day, and right now we're playing like it's next month. Uh, that's Kentucky's offensive line performance in the pass blocking this year. If you if you sort through it, they have some big, big old holes in their offensive line. They have because of that have to use their backs in the pass blocking game a little bit. Now you start to say, all right, where are they okay pass blocking? They're okay in the center, uh, but man, you get well, no, they're not even really okay there. Let me let me just say it. They're not a good pass-blocking football team. If we are going to win this game, we have to get pressure. I'd say if anything, your number is low. I completely agree with it. And keep in mind, too, even if Levis plays, you know, 
they don't want him getting hit. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be getting hit. And I know it, this is like the classic sit in the stands and be a fan. Well, we got to get after the quarterback. And I usually roll my eyes. This week, I agree. We got to get after the quarterback. Well, and one of the things you got to think about, too, and all these numbers, you know, they were only pressured 11 times against Ole Miss. They were pressured 20 times against Northern Illinois. Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez have only played one game together this year, and that was against Ole Miss. And so you get the running back back. That was the first time you got him back was against Ole Miss. And what kind of pressures does that take off of Levis? They've only played together that one time. And so if you talk to Kentucky people, they thought that their offense kind of figured it out a little bit in the second half against Ole Miss. You had the two big fumbles that kind of mask everything. And that's what worries you is if Levis comes back and then you got Rodriguez in there, what kind of confidence does it give that offensive line who hasn't had any confidence all year? Well, it's interesting you say that because my first number, Bart, here on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, and before I dig into that number, it's probably worth noting that this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, and when I think of knocking stuff down, tearing stuff up, Tracks Plus is where we go. Yeah, Tracks Plus now with five locations, Daniel Bounds, Fred Fulton over in Columbus, down in Hickory, King Crosby, Justin Ward in the forestry world. Andrew Harrison, Drew McGee, Casey Eccles working those Saney excavators and mini excavators down there in the construction business in Hickory. At the rental store, you've got uh, Chad Tillman, Ryan Mosley, Summit, Mississippi, Caleb Pounds, Gresh Howell down there as well as construction manager. Alexandria, Louisiana, Hoop Weems, and now over in Bessemer, Alabama, Nathan George, Josh Campbell. You got the Barco and the Rayco for all the forestry guys out there looking to clean some stuff up. The Denny Seamoff mulching heads. Of course, those Saney mini excavators and excavators if you want to move some dirt. So our good friends at Trax Plus. And Charlie also, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm in the Farm Bureau studios. You're on the road today, but Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties of the state of Mississippi, and you just can't beat the customer service, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Go by, see our friends at Farm Bureau. So, Bart, you were talking about Rodriguez and Levis playing their first game together. I said that's interesting, and it's interesting to me for this reason. My first number is 75, and that's the number of rushing yards I think we can allow Chris Rodriguez to have. Now, I'm going to talk about him. I'll go ahead and tell you he's going to be one of my guys that I'm going to look at when we talk about Kentucky here in a minute. But Rodriguez coming back against Ole Miss got 19 carries, first time out of the gate, 72 yards. Had a touchdown. Also had three catches for 40. Last week against South Carolina, want to take a little pressure off the quarterback. He carries it 22 for 126. Averages almost six yards a carry. Used him very, very sparingly in the passing game. I think one catch for one yard at the safety valve. The idea being that they had to have him stay in protection a little bit. But here's the bottom line. If we're going to win this game, Levis can't have a safety blanket in the backfield. He can't get away with avoiding pressure and avoiding hit because they're just going to hand it off to Rodriguez. He can't do more against us than he did against Ole Miss. I'm saying we got to hold him under 75. It's not just about him. It's about the pressure that resultantly puts on the quarterback, Levis, to have to throw the football. And, hey, Rodriguez is a good back. I mean, he's a legitimate good back. No, he absolutely is leading returning rusher in the league. All right. 
my next number is five, and I've struggled with this one. I think we have to have five offensive touchdowns to win this football game. Oh, boy, that's a and, lot. Yeah, and I suppose I shouldn't say offensive touchdowns. Touchdowns of any stripe. I don't care who scores them. I don't care if uh, we pick it up and run it in on special teams. But I think we need five. And you say, why do I think we have to score 35 points? And you'll notice I'm not allowing for any field goals. I am, however, assuming either an equal distribution of missed kicks and two-point conversions or a perfect game on the extra points. I'll decide that later. But anyway, I think we have to have 35 points. That's a lot. Kentucky's not scoring that much. They are not one of the higher offensive scoring teams in this league. I don't know, though. I look at them, I just feel like going back to the point you made, and this is one, sometimes it's just a gut instinct, right? My gut instinct at Kentucky, playing at home, at night, needing a win, coming off two losses, one they feel like they should have won, getting their quarterback and their running back together on the same time at home, I think they're going to put up some points. I completely agree with that. I mean, and this is not contrarian. This is not old Mississippi State Bart trying to think about the negative. I mean, I just think Kentucky is set up to have a really good game tomorrow night from an emotional standpoint. No, I agree with you. I just think something about nights when you get your act together. My final number, by the way, is one. That's the number of interceptions I think we can throw. Things can snowball on you on the road. And it's not lost on me that Will Rogers made his college debut in this stadium at night in a game where we were not good. It wasn't his fault. I mean, he just got flat thrown to the wolves up there. You want him to have success early, and you want him to have confidence throughout the ball game. I don't think we can afford to be in a situation where we get shook a little bit. I thought we got shook as a team in the second half at LSU. Not throwing interceptions, not taking big hits, all that goes into it. But for me, we got to keep that interception number down to one. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I mean, it kind of goes back to what the Clarion Ledger say about Dak that year, the the near interceptions. Will's had some near interceptions in the past couple of weeks. We've kind of gotten you know, kind of gotten the brakes on and some drops. Hey, one of the other things, Charlie, is, is drop passes. We had five drop passes last week. We had six against LSU. Just to kind of add to your point, not just throwing picks, but also our guys got to catch it. Yeah, the dreaded drop number, and that's going to be a big issue. We may be sitting here on Sunday saying, man, we should have focused more on drops. I, let's think positive. I'll get that out of the way. So it's time now, Bart, to look at our two numbers, or rather our two players. And, of course, that's where you'll be today, two brothers. Yeah, two brothers smoke meat. You just can't beat it. Two brothers on University Drive in Starkville. I'll head there for lunch later today. I'm going to put my book together, get ready for the broadcast tomorrow. I'll have the smoke wings. It's my go-to on Friday. That's what I do on Friday. Friday for lunch, smoke wings from Two Brothers Smoke Meats and our two players that can kill you. Brought to you by our good friends on University Drive. Great people watching. Man, just a great place to sit outside on the patio. It's patio sitting weather right now. And so even when the dogs are out of town, that's the place to go tomorrow to watch the game. And that's our good friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. All right, Bart, who's your first player? All right, my first player is Jacquez Jones. He's a linebacker. Jacquez played his first three years at Ole Miss. He's in his second year at Kentucky. So he's a five-year guy. And what do we say in sports and what have we talked about about the guys that are old? He's been around. 
He's uh, he's had 21 tackles. He's a linebacker. He only has one missed tackle this season, one sack, five pressures. He's kind of the mainstay for Kentucky at that linebacker position. I think the linebacker position is going to be brought front and center tomorrow with our short passing game. And so the guy to watch for me for Kentucky on the defensive side is number 10, Jacquez Jones. Yeah, I've always been scared of the old guys. And those are the guys, you know, you've heard me say a million times, the way we can win at Mississippi State, retain guys, keep guys around like Tyrus Wheat, Nathaniel Watson, guys who've been around. He, he's kind of that guy for them. Well, he really is. And the second guy I want to highlight, I'm staying on the defensive side because I think a lot of this this game is going to be determined by what we do offensively against their defense. And their cornerback is Kedron Smith. He wears number one. He's a really good cornerback. He's been targeted 21 times this year and given up only 11 completions, 16 tackles. He's a good tackler as well. And so the matchup tomorrow with our wide receivers going against number one, Kedron Smith. He is a really good on-ball defender on the outside. So I'm interested, though. You're looking at an outside guy defensively as opposed to a guy covering the slot. I am, and because – we talked about this last week. We're getting our outside receivers more involved in our offense over the last few weeks than we did have at any time under Mike Leach. I mean, you start talking about a Caleb Ducking, a Robinson on the outside, and a Tulu Griffin. We're getting the ball more to our outside guys than we are our inside guys this year. All right, so that'll be an interesting thing to mark down to. Do we get together Sunday and say, Man, their safeties, man, their you know inside guys gave us trouble. Their nickels, or do they shut us down on the outside? But yeah, I think that's a, a good guy to watch. Uh, my two guys, we talked about one a minute ago. Uh, number twenty-four, Christian Rodriguez Jr. He is the leading returning rusher in the SEC, and he's five eleven, two twenty-four, which is why I tell my wife I'm built like an SEC running back. Um, Bart, you might could do the same. Um, He's either tough to tackle or he just looks like one of us. I'm not sure which. Um, Last year, we held him eight carries, 32 yards. I don't want to pick up the paper. Well, when's the last time he picked up the paper? I don't want to go to the Internet on Sunday and say, man, there was some redemption story that Rodriguez, who, by the way, the, the reason he missed the first couple of games this year uh, first four games is because he was being withheld due to some type of NCAA issue. He was also arrested for drunk driving back in May. He's had his issues. I don't want to read some story about the guy who went for eight carries, 32 yards against us last year and has had all these difficulties, has now found redemption on Sunday morning after a big game against us. Rodriguez, the guy to watch for me. Yeah, he's definitely, to me, going to be the big guy for Kentucky on that offensive side. And the the other one for me is the receiver, number nine, Tavion Robinson. Now, this guy is a transfer from Virginia Tech. He played three seasons there. And now, I guess, either put out by the scene in Virginia Tech these days or he just was really impressed by Will Levis's press clippings. Now he's in Kentucky playing his final season. And here's the thing about him. It's feast or famine. In the opening game of the season against Miami of Ohio, six catches, 136 yards. Goes down to Florida, one catch, nary a yard. 
comes back against Youngtown State with six, Northern Illinois seven for 147 and a pair of touchdowns, but then Ole Miss four for 16, South Carolina one of 27. Either this is a guy in Tavion Robinson who beats up bad competition or is just plain up and down. Against SEC teams, he has been pedestrian. Six catches, less than 50 yards, but he can have a big game. I always think the difference in games like this, when you start to look at them analytically, it's not the things that are supposed to happen that typically beat you. We are not going to get beat because Will Levis comes out tomorrow and completes 65% of his passes. You get beat because somebody who is an X-factor does something different. Somebody shows up. A a pass is made that shouldn't have been or a run breaks. This is one of those guys who could give them nothing or he could be the difference in the game. I want to keep an eye on number nine. Hey, and I'll tell you what, that was going to be one of my numbers, and I thought about it, about the number of big plays that you give up in a game like this. And if you give Levis a little bit of time to throw the football, he does have a gun, and he can throw it deep down the field. And giving up big plays, a missed tackle here, a missed tackle there, especially on a crossing route 15 yards down the field to this guy, those are the things that worry me is about the big play potential. And we gave up some big plays last week against Arkansas. Country Pleasing Sauce is made right here in the state of Mississippi. Country Pleasing, you just can't beat Country Pleasing. Had a big old plate this morning, just original. The original, you can make some sausage dogs. Hey, went to the Saints game this past weekend. They had the alligator sausage in one of the clubs. I ate some of the alligator sausage. And they're just a growing brand, great customer service, and the food is just good, man. A country meat packers and country pleasing sausage. Go down to the butcher shop. They're expanding the butcher shop on Highway 49 in Florence. That's your go-to. That is the place you have to go at least once a week to load up on great things to put on the grill. And it's not just the meats down there. They've got the, the sauces. They've got the different spices and just so many great things at our good friends at Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage. Uh, all right, Bart, time now for our one more thing. What do you have on Kentucky? Well, it's, it's really not one more thing. I was just kind of looking through. You know that Kentucky has the most moving water as far as rivers and streams than any of the lower 48 states. Of course, you got to take out Alaska. you got to take out Hawaii. But Kentucky has the most moving water. And did you know that the first commercial oil well was not in Texas? It was drilled in 1819 along the banks of the Cumberland River in McCreary County in the state of Kentucky. And, Charlie, even to this day, Kentucky governors must swear an oath before taking office that they never fought a duel with deadly weapons. Did you know, by the way, that uh, the prohibition against dueling is actually in our 1890 Constitution in the state of Mississippi and still hangs around? There's probably a lot of things in state constitutions across this country that you'd be kind of floored by. Well, that is true. Um, You know, I had a couple of things looking at Kentucky. First of all, obviously, I've never been to a horse race in my life. Uh, That's something on the bucket list that I have to get fixed. Kentucky Derby, the oldest horse race held continuously in the world, often called the most exciting two minutes in sports. I'm not that enamored, but I'd like to go. I I do think people are a little bit, there's kind of a, a too much of a Grove kind of aspect to the Kentucky Derby for me. Maybe just a little too much with the hats and stuff. But maybe I might could play along for a week. 
Hey, man, Keeneland is a pretty cool place. Hey, you know the Kentucky Derby? When you talk about the, the oldest continuously held horse race. Did you know that the Kentucky Derby, they've had horse names that have begun in every letter in the alphabet except the letter X. We've had no xylophone in the Kentucky Derby. If we come up with a horse, Charlie, to put in the Kentucky Derby, we're naming it xylophone because we can have the first ever horse in the Kentucky Derby that started with X. Well, and I can't think of Kentucky without thinking of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, of course, known and connected with the city of Louisville in Kentucky. And my favorite, well, there's so many quotes. How, how do you go with Muhammad Ali? But one of them, I'm young, I'm handsome, I fa- I'm fast, I can't possibly be beat. <laughs> and my other favorite, I'm the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. Muhammad Ali. You think about Muhammad Ali, I think, in today's world would get some traction. But in his time, the outlandish things he said, it's, I mean, you, put, you talk about broadcasters and their influence on people, by the way. The marriage of a guy like Howard Cosell and a guy like Muhammad Ali changed sports television, in my opinion. Yeah, that was a match that was really crazy. And looking back at it, man, it really made sport. Can you imagine Muhammad Ali in today's world with social media and Twitter? Well, here's my question. Would he have by now become more of an Antonio Brown, you know, where we just look at him? If he had the access to say everything he had wanted to say, would it have been bad for his brand? Would too much of exposure have actually hurt him? He may have turned into LeBron James. And boy, I'll avoid that rabbit hole of who's the greatest player ever. I'll just say it was Michael Jordan. Hey, last thing, because I have a stack of them right here in my hands. One thing about me, I only use the brand name Post-it Notes. This is a phobia of mine. I don't like the off-brands like Universal and the different ones because I find their yellow to be less vibrant. But Post-it Notes are made in Cynthiana, Kentucky. And hey, let me tell you this. This is my last one. I mean, I love looking at little notes. Washington, Kentucky was the first town to be named after George Washington. Back in 1780, he was actually still president when they named the town Washington, Kentucky after him. There you go. That's all I got. All right. Well, that is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig for another week. We'll be back on Sunday Coffee. And with any luck, I will have conquered or at the very least survived another work week between now and then. In any event, though, Bart and I will see you on Sunday morning.